On the show this week, I chat to Gwen Mers, the founder of Fiery Millennials, a blog site dedicated to making sense of finances for young people. We talk about how Gwen saved $200,000 whilst in her 20s and how she built her blog to help others achieve financial independence. Welcome to episode 193 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast and thank you as always for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. It's been another really busy week. I've just got back from Skopje in Macedonia where I was the opening keynote speaker at the All Web Conference. And I had a great time, and that brings to an end my mini tour of Eastern European cities like Prague, Belgrade, Bucharest, and the aforementioned Skopje. This week, I talked to Gwen Mers. Now, think back to when you were in your 20s. How much money were you saving? <laughs> when I think back, I'd just come out of university. I was just starting my first job, trying to get myself sorted out with a mortgage. And I think at the end of most months, I had very, very little money to spend, maybe even overdrawn, if I remember rightly. Gwen saved $200,000 by the time she was in her mid-20s, which is a remarkable achievement for somebody so young. She's gone on to set up her own blog to help young people manage their finances. So this is a great interview, and let's get straight into it. Here is Gwen Mers. Gwen, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thanks for having me on, Roger. Gwen, we're Zooming each other, a video conference, but I'm in the Edinburgh in the UK, as always. Tell me, where are you Zooming me from today? Well, as you probably could tell from my accent, I am not in the UK in the slightest. I'm actually uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the Midwest of the US. Quite a long way away, so obviously a bit of a time difference. It's the late afternoon for me, which probably makes it mid-morning for you. Yep, just about ready to go have lunch. <laughs> well, I hope I won't keep you too long. Gwen, you run a website with an intriguing title. It's called Fiery Millennials. And you're a 27-year-old. You say you're on the path to financial independence. And you've been blogging about this subject. And you've done a podcast about this subject. And I just thought it'd be really interesting to talk to you and find out a little bit about why you started the website what you're aiming to achieve, having left a corporate job. But before we get into that, maybe can you give me a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, and, and basically what makes Gwen tick? <laughs> you know, I ask people this in the podcast and they're like, wow, that's so overwhelming. And now I get it because it is a little <laughs> overwhelming. So uh, I started my blog about three years ago, uh, maybe three and a half now. And um, I found this financial independence community when I was about 21, 22, somewhere around there, I was still in college and um, I love this community and I got so much value out of this community by following some of the big bloggers out there. And I kept looking for somebody like me, somebody who was young and just starting their career and on the path to fire and preferably female. And I couldn't come up with anybody. There right. was nobody like me. 
And it's really difficult to um, figure out what kind of struggles that you're dealing with when all the people that are blogging about it are 30 something year old married guys with kids, you know, their life situation is completely different. So I started the blog that I wanted to read about. And um, it's been going swimmingly so far, you know, I, I, this blog has been amazing in helping me connect to people in the community and uh, introducing me to new ways of thinking and uh, exposure to how people live around the world. It's completely different. And you were working in a big corporate and you've decided to leave that and seek out your own financial independence. Did you not like working for a big company? Was there a moment when you decided that that wasn't for you? So I worked at a very large corporation, uh, one that has brand recognition around the globe. And I worked there for five years. Mm -hmm. And um, my original plan was to work there for 10 years until I was 35. And then I would retire for good. I'd be early retired. I didn't need to work for money anymore. But then I realized uh, a year ago or so that I was going to have enough money that I could coast to retirement age. I have $200,000 saved up at the age of 27 and compounded over the next 30 years, 7% without any more contributions would end up with about $1.5 million conservatively. Wow. I mean, let's, let's face it, having that amount of money saved up at your age is remarkable. Um, a lot of people your age are scrimping and saving. They haven't got enough money to go, um, to get themselves on the property ladder to start to buy a house or to buy a car or anything like that. So what what, what have you done to motivate yourself to, to save rather than spend, which let's face it, is, is what a lot of young people tend to do. If it's they totally true. Most of my peers are more interested in how they can procure season tickets to the <laughs> local sports team and go out drinking, you know, a lot. And so um, I prioritize saving over spending. Mm-hmm. I I put spend or I put savings first. So um, my paycheck got divided up into my uh, tax deferred accounts first, and then I spent whatever was left over. And I was incredibly blessed to graduate debt free from college thanks to a scholarship for academics, and um, go straight into a, a well paying job, especially for the area that I was in. So um, those factors helped combine that I had a lot of money to play with, but I didn't want to waste it. I, I didn't like working um, to go from the freedom of college where you can basically do whatever you want, um, minus, you know, a couple hours in class a day and some studying uh, to go to a corporate job where you're stuck in a chair for eight hours a day or more, you know, plus a commute. And you're just tired. You don't have the mental energy to do anything when you get done working because you've just been slogging through boring tasks all day. So I I knew that that wasn't the life that I wanted to lead for 30 years. And so I did everything possible to get out of it. And you're obviously not like um, the majority because I guess there's quite a lot of people of your age who are probably still in a corporate situation like that, sat in a cubicle doing the same job eight hours a day and the commute, and they might not have the financial independence to effectively escape from that. Yeah, most people don't. And actually, um, it's pretty funny. Um, Most people my age would be very, very grateful to have a job like mine where it was pretty easy work, um, pretty good benefits, really good pay, 
And I just walked away from all of it because I was, I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously you wanted to help other people, um, perhaps in similar situations to you or other people who maybe have the same aspiration as you do to get that financial independence. And, and that was what fi- Fiery Millennials was all about, isn't it? Yes, that is. Yeah. And uh, I've heard so much feedback from people who are like, you know, it's been really great following your story because you're a few years ahead of me. And so now I know kind of what my life could look like. And I see what you're doing with your life. And I'm trying to figure out if that's what I want to do. But at least they have some framework to go off of. And what can they get from fiery millennials to help them effectively plan the way forward? So um, they can see what I've done and um, how that's worked out for me. And they can decide whether or not they want to follow in some of my footsteps. I'm really big on trying different things out, different entrepreneurial adventures. So I dipped my toes into real estate. I did a number of side hustles. And um, really, I just try things out so people can see what it looks like and decide if they want to do that. What sort of side hustles were you doing? Uh, So like I said, I was in real estate. I um, bought a triplex, which is a building. It was a single family house and then it got turned into three units. So I bought that and lived in it for a year and was a landlord. And then when I moved, I kept the the property, but um, it needs needs on-site management. It's not a good long distance rental. So I'm actually selling that. I started an Etsy shop. So I sell digital downloads. Mm -hmm. Uh, People can buy printable things like uh, habit trackers or uh, stained glass patterns. And um, I also do stained glass as a side hustle. Uh, I'm really big into the art of of glass. I think it's beautiful medium to work with. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see, what else have I done? Uh, I did some freelance writing there for a bit and decided that wasn't for me. So um, now I'm off trying different things. But you do like writing because obviously the blog is mainly text driven, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I love writing. Uh, I love sharing my story with people and helping them figure out what they want to do with their lives. Um, It just turns out that I'm not a big fan of writing for other people (laughs) about subjects that aren't me. So you you made this decision to set up the Fiery Millennials website. Um, you obviously decided that you wanted to help people who had similar aspirations to you. How, how did you go about building the content? How did you go about finding out the uh, finding the ideas for the articles? Did you speak to people like you? Did you get out there and ask some questions? No, actually, I did no market research when I started. I just spun up a blog one day and said, "I'm I'm doing it," because uh, I got tired of looking for people like me. So. Um, I just started writing about what I was facing and seeing having uh, people follow along with my story was very motivating to keep on track. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote about what was happening in my life, things in my career that were going well or weren't going well and things in my life that were going well and weren't going well and some tips and tricks that I picked up along the way, like, oh, I did this and I don't think you should do it this way. Do it this way instead. This is much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just used my life as fodder for the blog. And what sort of feedback have you had from the readers and the people that you've been interacting with? Well, I don't know about you, but I think that I have the best audience on the face of the planet. <laughs> uh, I'd be willing to, you know, drop dead fight that set statement. I've met a lot of my readers And they are some of the awesomest people. Like I just, they're so amazing. Mm -hmm. I love all of them. They're, um, they're motivated. They're 
smart, they're witty, they're dedicated, they're just really great people. And I'm so happy that by writing about what my life is going on, I've attracted people of like minds. This is really interesting stuff. And and again, you know, it, it, it's really refreshing to talk to somebody who's almost like breaking the rules in a way. You know, I asked you there, what sort of research did you do? You said, I didn't do any. I just started writing. You know, quite a lot of people would just sit back and think, well, you can't, you can't start a business like that. But you understood immediately some of the um, the issues that people were facing and started working on it and, and it and it evolved as you went. Here in the United Kingdom, a lot of young people face exactly the same sort of issues that you've faced in the States. Uh, when it comes to financial services, a lot of people, they just don't know where to start. You know, financial services, the industry, whether it's banking, whether it's insurance, whether it's investments, the United Kingdom market is complicated. A lot of the time it's run by older white guys like me. Uh, I like to think that I'm a little bit more progressive than some, but hey. And it can feel as if it's it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's a little bit aloof. You, can, you can't really associate yourself with it. So people don't try to save money. People don't try to invest, possibly because they just, they just don't understand it. And secondly, it's not really the sort of career that young people aspire towards. Because again, maybe it has that reputation of being male, pale and stale as opposed to exciting and, and progressive. What would you say to the people who are running financial services companies? What would you say to them, given the experience you've had creating your own financial independence? What do you think they should be doing, A, to make the products more imp more accessible and more exciting, if that's ever possible, to younger people? But also, how do we get more younger people interested in this as a line of work? Well, one, you need to to model the the products and make the make it easier to understand. And that's what I that's what I do with my audience. Mm -hmm. I go and explore something and distill it and turn it into something that they can understand and be like, oh, well that's actually not as complicated as I thought. <laughs> it's actually really easy. I can do that. And then they go off and they do it because it the the mystery and the overwhelm is just gone. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I give them actionable steps. Here's what you do for this, here's what you do for this, this is what I did. And then they can follow along in those steps and it's 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 a lot easier for them to understand instead of all of the complicated financial mumbo jumbo and you know all of the the phrases that people throw around in the industry absolutely so, yeah. it's one of my i mean i've been fighting against corporate management speak and as you say mumbo jumbo and gobbledygook and and just playing muppetry for the last 25 years and i often feel that i'm a lone voice you know I, even I, I was even at a conference last week and um, again, stood up on stage saying, we've got to stop talking like this. And everybody sits there and thinks, yeah, they're nodding their heads and says, yeah, we need to do this. And then another year passes by and they're all talking in the same language. It does seem to be very, very difficult to get companies, certainly in financial services, but often in other industries, to stop using complicated language and start communicating simply. And it, and it, it seems to me that it's down to people like you who have to help people out with the simple answers. Yeah, no, absolutely. You need to make it understandable and accessible for all. I'd say plain English, but plain English for you is different than it is for me. <laughs> it's, it's the same concept. I and mean, we do have a, a, a company in the United Kingdom called the Plain English Society, and they do try to fight for clear language in all marketing, but often often it's a it's an uphill struggle for them so you answered the first part of my question about making 
financial services as a product more accessible. What about what about making the it as a career? Now, obviously, you you decided you didn't want to work within a company, but I think there are always going to be people who do want to work for companies. So, what can financial services companies do to make the career opportunities more accessible and more exciting for younger people? There's a level of mistrust uh, for people in the financial services industry where they're thinking, oh, they're just going to recommend the products that make them money that they get a commission on. Mm-hmm. So you, I would say that you that somebody would need to work on um, making it a more attractive career path, one that, you know, you can frame it as like helping people with their finances instead of this fat cat sitting behind a desk, you know, raking in the commissions. Absolutely. I think that's that's an ab- absolutely spot on. Funnily enough, um, a few weeks ago on the podcast, I interviewed a lady called Molly Burge, and uh, she's a 25-year-old who has just become qualified to be a financial advisor and that's exactly how she describes what she does she doesn't say i'm a financial advisor and i sell financial advice products and and investments and insurance she says i help people to sort out their financial situation in fact i could just hear her saying in your voice i <laughs> help people create their own financial independence that's what it's about i think the yep. help the help word is is absolutely the way to frame it because if you're helping people then they're more likely to to trust you and to and to get to know you and get to like you rather than feel that you're giving you're pressuring them into buying something that they quite frankly don't want or don't even need. Or don't even need. Okay, Gwen, so you've got the website and you've given us quite a lot of insights into the sort of uh, things that people might need to think about. But let, let's let's think of a specific example. So imagine there's somebody your age, maybe 26, 27, they're working in a big corporate company. They desperately want to become financially independent, but perhaps they haven't had the the discipline that you've shown so far. So they haven't got a sizable lump sum available to um, to give themselves a financial buffer. Um, what would you What would your advice be to them as to the next steps to take to achieve that financial independence? Uh, well, first, I would start by. Um monitoring my spending and not consciously like, Oh, should I buy this $5 croissant or whatever? Um, but just set up some sort of tracker system, like a, a, a service like personal capital or mint, or I'm not sure, um, if those work in the UK or not, mm-hmm. but some, some sort of thing where you can just hook up all of your cards and your, your accounts together and see a bigger picture of your finances. Um, most people don't track their spending. And so they have no idea where all their money is going. So to be able to do anything, you need to know where your money is going. And then after that, you can start to say, well, this, this isn't aligning with what, where I want to be. And you, you not pare down your spending, but you align your spending more with your, your future goals. So that can mean um, cutting your car lease or cutting cable or not going out to eat for lunch every day, you know, bringing your lunch. Um, maybe only going to happy hour instead of hitting the club or not uh, spending money a lot, not spending as much money on clothes or other unnecessary um, items. And then um, really trying to, to figure out what kind of budget works for you. And some people don't like budgets and that's personally, that's, 
that's perfectly okay. Um, I use budgets more as like a spending guide. Mm -hmm. So, and then I would say that uh, they need to prioritize saving. So if you're just saving what's left over, then you're not going to save very much money. But if you save from the beginning and then spend what's left, you'll be sure to hit your, your savings goals and spending and goals can always be adjusted in the future. Um, you know, once you set something up, it's not set in stone. You can adjust it if you're like, well, I'm saving too much money and I'm not, I don't have enough money to spend on the stuff that I need. Um, so you can, you can fine tune it until you get to a, a good level for you and your situation. Yeah. I think goals is, is the way to go, isn't it? And, and also, as you say, if, if what you're doing is you effectively start spending your salary each month and then you try to save whatever's left over, it'll be it'll be pennies. It'll be uh, pounds or dollars left at the end of the month. Whereas if you say each month I will spare, I will save whatever it might be, five hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, and then you you know how much how much you've got to spend after that, then that's a better discipline than just trying to save whatever you think is left. Because let's face it, if you just go out and spend, there very rarely is anything left. And, and a lot of the time you might be overdrawn and there might be nothing, and you might owe more money to the bank. So I think it's, it's good to set yourself those goals and those targets in that way. Yeah, it just requires a little bit of a mindset shift. Yeah, uh, and a bit of discipline. And a bit of discipline too, yeah. Yeah, you've shown a lot of discipline. A lot of people will find that quite hard, I think. But it is a, it is something that people can get into. Not immediately. You can't just flick a switch and become disciplined. But over time, if you do start to set those goals, even if they're small goals to start with, you will eventually make that change that your life might need on the road to financial independence. Yeah. And I would say, too, you know, you're, like you said, you're not just going to flip that switch and be perfectly disciplined with your spending. So you have to give yourself some grace. You know, if you mess up, that's OK. Because at least you're you're recognizing that that's not in alignment with your goals. And the next time you're faced with that situation, you'll be like, okay, well, I don't want to mess up again. You know, now I'll be. So it's, it's a work in progress. You know, it's like you can't just go to the gym one day and end up with an A-pack of abs. You need to <laughs> go to the gym every day or, you know, as often as you can and, and work into it. And then you'll, you'll achieve your goals. It's about consistency, isn't it? I think, I think the, going, yep. the going to the gym analogy is a perfect one. You're absolutely right. You don't get the six pack overnight. You've got to go every week or every day for six months to a year. You've got to change your diet. These things take time. If you commit to the discipline for that period of time, you will get the results that you need. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, when you're saving a little bit of money here and there, it doesn't add up very quickly and you get discouraged. But when you start to see that money pile up in your accounts and, and start to work for itself and compound and, and grow, you're like, wow, this is great. And you just want to keep shoveling more money into it and feeding the beast and watching it grow faster and faster and faster. Gwen, it's been great to talk to you today. Lots of really useful insights. And it's always nice to get a perspective from somebody who lives across the pond in the United States. This is the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I always like to ask my guests a couple of extra questions. And the question that I'd like to ask you is about marketing. And is there a company or a product that you've seen recently? It could have been an advert on TV. It could have been a, um, a blog or a video or something that's really caught your attention. And you've thought, you know, they're really doing a good job selling that or marketing that. And I really feel like I want to engage with them. Have you got an example you could share? You know, honestly, I'm not sure that I do. <laughs> Nobody because has grabbed your attention. 
Well, I don't. Um, the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head is it's Amazon Prime Day today. Mm-hmm. I have no intention of going to Amazon, but they have plastered the web and people are talking about it. it's Amazon Prime Day. So I do know that it is Amazon Prime Day, even if I have no intention whatsoever of participating. Do you know, I feel exactly the same. My inbox has been full of Amazon Prime Day stuff today. I didn't even know it was a thing until today. So that is actually a good example. And have you got an example of a business book you'd like to share with the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast? I do have a book. It's called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. And uh, that'll be really good for helping you Uh, change your mindset into a growth mindset. Fantastic. Gwen, I'm hoping that people listening to the podcast might want to get in touch with you or at least read the Fiery Millennial blog. So what's the best way that they should get in touch with you? Uh, They can reach me through the blog. There's a contact me form at the top and uh, any form filled out and sent to me will arrive in my inbox and I'll be sure to get back as quick as I can. Yeah, the website address is fieryandmillennials.com and I always have trouble spelling the word millennials so what I'll do is I'll link to that in the show notes for the podcast which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash maf that's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash maf. Gwen, thanks for coming on the show it's been really interesting to talk to you It's nearly the end of the day for me, but you've got the whole day ahead of you. Let me wish you every success for the future. Maybe one day, even though we live on opposite sides of the world, we may bump into each other in real life. I would love that. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.